Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Papua New Guinea tennis player Abigail Teriapisa makes history in Singapore and the Fijian Latui Pip Kangifa Samoa at the death in Rapid Rugby's Pacific debut. But first, the Northern Marianas government has agreed to host the 2021 Pacific Mini Games, provided the reduced cost of three million US dollars can be spread out over the next two years. The CNMI originally withdrew from hosting the Games in March after Super Typhoon Yutu devastated Saipan and Tinian. The Pacific Games Council visited Saipan last month and proposed a reduced mini-games from 12 sports to 6 at a cost of $3 million, down from 8. Council Chief Executive Andrew Minogue says after considering the offer, the Governor Ralph Torres has indicated to them the Games will now take place in the Territory after all. Yes, it's looking that way. I mean, until it's officially signed off by the Governor, uh, we have to keep working to make sure that that's the outcome. But it is looking as though uh, the Governor, after meeting with us in April and then uh, consulting with his people and the sports community in uh, the CNMI, uh, has had a change of heart and I think has... Uh, it appears that he's seen a way to be able to afford a, a scaled-down version of the event without um, disrupting the country's effort to recover from the super typhoon U2. So we're very positive, quietly confident that we're going to be able to salvage the Games there in 2021. Yes, it'll be a reduced sports program, which means fewer athletes and few, uh, lower costs. But I think that's an outcome that not only will be acceptable to the Governor, but I think also acceptable to the Pacific Games Council and the sporting fraternity in in our region. There'll be some disappointed sports and athletes, no doubt, but I think the bigger picture is that this is a country that deserves its chance to host the event. It's been badly affected by a terrible weather event uh, last year, and I think we all want to rally around them and try and and salvage the Games uh, for for them and their country. Because obviously that concern was the cost and and, the focus they would have to put now in the CNMI onto the recovery from Super Typhoon Yutu, but um, as the point that has been made by uh, the uh, Sports Association and the North Marianas and a number of people is that they still have largely all their venues in place and... Um, you know, even if the games to be held, you know, within the next year as opposed to two years from now, that you know they do largely have all the infrastructure they need, even as is. Yeah, that's right. And I think probably you know important aspect of us visiting the governor and um, having a look around the, the the island ourselves as we did in April was to be able to point that out to the governor that yes, you, you, you're feeling the terrible after effects of this damaging event but from our perspective and the people that deliver games in our region every two years and we know what a game city or a games town looks like and in our summation most of the venues that they want to use for the games are in perfectly good shape even now of course they'll want them to be better because either they've been better before the typhoon 
or they just want a higher standard of event as a legacy of the games. But to salvage the games, we pointed out to them that really you could run at least six of the sports right now with very, very minimal uh, work done to the facilities. So that was an education process because I think sometimes a government might feel, you know, unless they've got lots of money to, to build new venues or really refurbish them very strongly, they might feel, oh, we really just can't do it. But in fact... The message we wanted to give them is, yes, you can, and you don't need to do too much to what you have already in place. Um, probably the one games venue that is and remains very badly damaged is one of the two schools that they were going to use for the Athletes' Village. So by halving the games uh, community, by reducing the sports program, we only need to use one of the two schools, and the one school that's closest to the sports venues is uh, it's in fine shape. Okay, one of the comments that was made uh, by the governor and the statement they put out was uh, that um, you know they are willing, they do want to host the games now, but the caveat was that uh, they wanted to talk to the games council about a, a payment plan on that reduced US three million dollar yep. budget. Uh, what, yep. what, what what is your understanding of what that actually means? I think the governor is asking us. Or, um, how much money they need to dedicate now, how much in you know six months' time, twelve months' time, and so on. So we've we're putting together that three million dollar budget over the next twenty four months. The games should be in June of twenty twenty one. So we're basically at two years to go. So how much? I think what the governor's asking us is to, how much of that money does need to be dedicated now, and how much can be deferred until a lot closer to the games time, because they're funds at the moment they are very limited and they have to be dedicated to the recovery from the typhoon so um, I think that's the nature or the intent behind the question that he's asked us so that's uh, the piece of work that we're doing for them now and as I said to you off air it's very common in our games that most of the expenditures are, are coming only in the last six to 12 months before the event itself so we think we can present something to the governor that for, at least for the next 12 months does not impact at all on the recovery efforts. That's the Pacific Games Council Chief Executive, Andrew Minogue. Papua New Guinea tennis player Abigail Teriapisa has made history as the first Pacific Island woman to win a professional singles title. Playing in her first ITF tournament in two months, the 26-year-old beat the top seed, Russia's Valeria Savanik, in straight sets in the final of the US $25,000 ITF event in Singapore on Sunday. To cap a memorable week in which she also finished runner-up in the doubles event with her partner Rotuya Bosale. The Pacific Oceania Fed Cup representative says the result was all the more satisfying after battling through the stifling hot temperatures out on court, which had peaked in the mid to high 30s. The weather's been just super hot and humid and so the matches were even tougher because of the weather. But now that I've had time to sort of relax and reflect i'm just so extremely happy <laughs> that i pulled it out this week does winning in such difficult circumstances in terms of the conditions that you had to manage out there on court does that make it maybe even more satisfying that you were able to overcome oh, that as well as your opponents absolutely because earlier on in the week you know i had a tough match in my second round where i was down in the third set and you know with the weather being so you know just very unpleasant and I was really struggling too, um, but having pulled that out, and it just makes it even more worth it that I've won this one this week. 
And um, in terms of going into the final, uh, how many finals have you been involved in? I know you've been involved in quite a few with doubles. Uh, have you been in any ITF singles finals previously? Yes, I have been in just one previously um, in Cairns in 2017, I think. And, and, so what, and so what did you learn from that experience uh, as, you, as you went into this game? What was your mindset like? Uh, to be honest, I actually didn't think about it before going into my match yesterday. I didn't think about that this was going to be my second finals and I should change something. I sort of kind of kept my same mentality and my same attitude going into the match as I did like on my other rounds earlier this week. And so I just kind of kept my routine the same, mindset the same, and I think I just stuck with my game plan and it worked. And, um, you know, th- these ITF tournaments, the circuit, it can be quite grueling underneath the WTA level. Uh, you know, players just wanting to get by and, and, and make a living and go from tournament to tournament. So does does all the hard work you put in, in training and hotel rooms and planes and sleeping in crazy places and whatnot, does this, you know, I, I imagine this makes it makes it all worth it or, or certainly goes a long yeah, way towards absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's not easy, especially coming from Papua New Guinea, having to go through a lot of challenges and issues in, in terms of just everything. And so... Earlier, I had a bit of a setback earlier this year, um, waiting for my visa for Australia. So I was stuck back home in PNG, and so for for four months. So I just sort of had to do what I had to do and put in the hard work. And I can see that it's, it's paid off this week. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah. And how frequently are you able to be playing at the moment? Not as much as I would like to, just because, like I said, there's so many challenges that I have to face in terms of financial aspect. Also, with visas, I have to plan my schedule by giving me enough time to prepare my visas for which country I'm going to go to. So sometimes I can't attend, go to a particular tournament because I just can't get a visa in time or things of that nature. And uh, a victory like this, how how much of a difference does it make in terms of, I mean, obviously you get a bit of money, which helps pay the bills, um, yeah, but, but in terms sure. of... Um, you know, rankings or helping you get into uh, other tournaments or avoid qualifying, does, does it make much of a difference? Um, yes, I think it does. Um, I think I've worked in a few points here. I don't have to defend any points until next month or July. So any any points that I earn now are just bonus points. So I think it's going to definitely bump my ranking up a little bit more. And you also had a very good week in the doubles, making it through to the final, just falling short of, yeah. um, you know, winning yeah. both titles. But um, is that something you still enjoy as well, keeping involved in both sides of it? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the doubles helps me a lot in singles as well. It gives me a little bit of confidence, especially in terms of my game, because I, I like to play aggressive and come into the net. And so doubles helps me a lot with that. And also I think doubles kind of helps me relax a little bit in terms of, um, not getting too uptight in, in my singles. So I think they sort of complement each other, and I really do enjoy doubles. And in terms of the overall victory and, and obviously the significance of it being your first uh, uh, on the professional level, but um, also, as I understand it, you're the first Pacific Island woman to win a, a title at this level as well. Uh, is that something you were aware of? Is it something that you think about? Does that mean something particularly to you? Or You know, I actually did not think of that going to my match yesterday it wasn't until you know I started reading posts online about it and sort of got me thinking oh wow yes this actually is true and so it's really a nice feeling to be the first one in the Pacific Islands. Perhaps if some people see you achieving this it might make it seem all the more possible for for other players coming through the ranks. 
Oh, no, I definitely hope so. And I see that there's some upcoming juniors in the Pacific. And, you know, I, I do hope and pray that, you know, there are other players that come up at the elite level. And uh, so, and so, Abigail, what's next? You're still in Singapore. You've got a, a, another tournament this week? Yes, so I've got Singapore again this week. And then next week I'm going to fly over to Hong Kong for one more. And depending on how I do this week or next week, um, I'll decide whether I head over to England for two grass court tournaments or whether I should head back to Sydney just for a training block before the Pacific Games. That's the Papua New Guinea tennis player Abigail Teriapisa. The Fijian Latui scored with the final play of the game to secure a dramatic 38-32 victory over Kangifa Samoa in the first match of Global Rapid Rugby's Pacific Showcase. The Latui head coach, Senarusi Siravakula, says they didn't always stick to their game plan, but their patience was rewarded. The message was uh, just to keep the the ball uh, rather than going into contract and and dropping balls. And then uh, our game pattern yesterday was to play to the edges to get the ball wide. But uh, some of the players, they were worrying about the the rule rather than concentrating on on our pattern. So you think there's still a bit of adjustment, obviously, with these new rules. Um, how, how have you found them so far? Obviously, just one game in, and I, I guess, as you say, it's something that you know the players and everyone are, are still adapting to. Yeah, we, we, we're adapting to it, and uh, it, it's good that uh, we've already started uh, our first game on, uh, on yesterday, but there will be a lot of work on uh, for this week uh, before we play Western Force, and it's, it's going to get tougher. Yeah, because that's obviously a Western Force team that have uh, you know been playing these sorts of rules for... This year, uh, six games in Asia, and uh, or four games for them, and and then obviously they've had those rules last year as well when they hosted a number of games. So a lot of those players will, will be, um, you know, very very well versed in in these these rules and and how to use them to their advantage. It is, it is. Uh, they've they've been together since the NRC, and there's a lot of experienced players out there in the Western Force. Like you said, they've been playing in in Asia, and uh, they they have a uh, consistent in every game, and they've been. Uh, Winning all the all the game, so we we just need to go step up to another level again on on our preparation, and then the main thing is uh, to keep to our system and, and discipline is one of the uh, area that we're going to work on this week. What's the biggest um, difference you found uh, with these different rules and, and competition from from uh, the Andrua that you've had to adjust to? The kicking uh, game uh, that the, the ball doesn't have to be uh, kicked out uh, from the 22. And uh, like yesterday, uh, uh, we had only three lineouts for the game, and uh, and the players were worrying about kicking the ball, uh, and then there was some silly mistake in playing in our red zone. Do you think some of these rules are rules that could maybe become a part of rugby everywhere? If, if you know, do you do you think there's some that have you know merit to maybe go go wider uh, from next year and beyond? It's really helpful uh, these new rules, especially for for local players. It uh, teaches us to keep the ball and then, then play and have confidence in playing every, everywhere in the field. And uh, that's what uh, we, we were doing uh, for the tour last year. And uh, like a power try, you run from your own 22. So it, it it's, uh, give a lot of uh, talent uh, to, to showcase their skills and showcase their skills and, and talent rather than uh, having a kicking game. And uh, the success of the Andrua last year and obviously the disappointment of the Pacific not getting a super rugby team, obviously a lot of talk about what rapid rugby could become going forward in future. Uh, you know, from what you saw, the crowd in Lautoka, uh, 
obviously Super Rugby games have been held plenty in uh, Super over the last few years. Um, do, you, do you think Rapid Rugby is, is something that could catch on? It's huge here in Fiji. And uh, uh, the crowd will come up in numbers on, on Saturday. And I have expectation for more, more than the crowd yesterday will be. It'll be interesting to see them when they come out in numbers on, uh, against the force. But yeah, a lot, a lot of these guys are people that could get contracts overseas. Some of them are, have have been in Super Rugby previously, and and some of them are probably not too far away. So, uh, you know, this is a huge opportunity for a, a lot of these players to to have even for a short time at this moment, uh, you know, a professional contract and the chance to you know train together on a regular basis and um, you know show themselves on the international stage. Yeah, certainly, certainly, that's the message. Uh, that I'm, uh, I'm giving up to the players every time I coach them is to, to play you know, good rugby and then showcase their talent and then try and get contracts so that they can go out uh, get contracts overseas and then support their family rather than uh, just playing here locally. And uh, that's one of the areas that I always target when I, when I coach the team, that the players have to go out there and then showcase their, their, their talent and, and get good uh, contracts. And, and Senator Rossi, what's going to be your big focus this week leading into that Western Force game? Our main focus uh, is uh, is the breakdown. That uh, we we just need to be aggressive in the breakdown. That's what we want to target in, and and, uh, and our defence. That uh, we need to be disciplined and work as a team. That's the Fijian Latui head coach Senarosi Siravakula, and that's the world in sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.